The first case for argument is United States v. Brandon Manning. Thank you. Mr. Hanson? May it please the Court. Counsel? Mr. Timmons. Brandon Manning was acquitted at trial of receipt of child pornography. He was, however, convicted of two counts of possession of child pornography. The District Court sentenced Mr. Manning to 240 months imprisonment. His appeal raises both evidentiary issues with respect to what happened at the trial and also guideline issues with respect to sentencing. Subject to the Court's questions, I intend to proceed in reverse chronological order and start with the sentencing issues and proceed back to the trial issues to the extent there's time or questions. First, with respect to the sentencing issues, candidly, the clearest base for relief for Mr. Manning is the District Court's error in applying an enhancement to his criminal history score and criminal history category based on its conclusion that Mr. Manning committed the federal offense while he was still on parole for a prior Iowa conviction for sexual exploitation of a minor. Mr. Manning was on parole for that prior Iowa offense until September 13th of 2018. And thus, of course, the question is whether the government offered proof beyond a, by a preponderance, excuse me, to establish that Mr. Manning committed the offense at least by that date. At trial, the government offered a sampling of the illegal imagery that was found on a Western Digital hard drive that formed the basis for count two against Mr. Manning and an SD card that was contained within a broken cell phone that formed the basis for count three against Mr. Manning. There were 12 images and videos in evidence at trial. The government's forensic examiner, Agent Michael Kircher, testified that each of the image files had what's called a creation date. The creation date is the date on which the image file was created on the device, meaning, in other words, the date it was downloaded or saved onto the device. In each instance with the 12 examples of child pornography offered into evidence at trial, the creation date was in 2019 or in 2020. And thus, obviously, it was not indicative of Mr. Manning committing the offense by September 13th of 2018. However, Agent Kircher also testified at trial in response to the question of when was the earliest creation date for child pornography imagery that you saw in your examination of the two devices. In response, Agent Kircher said, around 2018. He was then asked to specify what was the earliest creation date on the Western Digital hard drive versus the SD card. The SD card, the earliest creation date, he said, was approximately December 2018. So that's not an issue with respect to the enhancement. But with respect to the Western Digital hard drive, Agent Kircher said, if I recall, August 2018. From there, even though it was obvious that one Agent Kircher was equivocal, and then he was manifesting uncertainty with respect to the earliest creation date, the government did not take the opportunity to either refresh Agent Kircher's recollection at trial to establish more clearly the earliest creation date for the imagery on the Western Digital hard drive, nor did the government offer any other evidence of the earliest creation date at trial. I got from the brief that the impact would be to decrease the criminal history category from five to four. Correct. Say a little bit more about the impact on sentencing, if that were the only relief he got. So Mr. Manning's guideline range, as found by the district court at sentencing, based on a criminal history category of five, was 210 to 262 months imprisonment. 
without the two criminal history points for the enhancement, he would drop down to criminal history category four, and his guideline range would have been 188 to 235 months. The district court, as I said, imposed a sentence of 240 months. So the sentence fell within the guideline range as found by the district court, but it's outside the guideline range as corrected here. So your position is, or Manning's position is, the officer testified that the earliest creation date was around August of 2018, and it was clear air for the judge to find, therefore, that it was in August of 2018? Correct, Your Honor. Because that's close enough. If it was just around August 2018, if that was the only testimony, that's close enough to September 13th of 2018 where there's some vagueness as to whether that establishes it. But I think what clinches it for Mr. Manning is the follow-up question specifying what was the earliest creation date on the Western Digital Hard Drive. And then he says, if I recall. And if I recall is kind of classically a way to say, I don't necessarily recall. So that is a point at which the government should have refreshed his recollection, given that this was such an important point, ultimately, to Mr. Manning's sentence. So when you say, if I recall, it doesn't establish that you are 51% certain that you recall or if you're 20% certain that you recall. Could a judge interpret that to mean my best recollection is August 2018? He could, but we don't know how certain your best recollection is. And I guess it would be another thing if there was no other opportunity either to refresh his recollection at trial or after Mr. Manning put the government on notice of his objection, put on evidence at sentencing. You could put on the evidence of the imagery from allegedly August of 2018. You could bring back Agent Kircher to testify. Presumably, in the interval, his recollection would have been refreshed about his forensic examination. So it wasn't as if... Was that argument made at the district court? I take it there was objection to the... Well, my notes... This is not plain error review, but I'm not sure how... What was preserved and how. This issue was hotly contested at sentencing to the point at which I believe the government asked either the prosecutor or myself for the transcript that we were talking about because this all came down to that one page of trial transcript. Like I said, I made it very clear that put the government on notice of Mr. Manning's objection. Well, hotly contested after the testimony. After the testimony at sentencing? Well, the testimony we're talking about, that was trial testimony. Right. So the government did offer evidence at sentencing, but none of it went to this particular issue. So when we went into sentencing, I didn't know if the government's case agent was going to testify more specifically to this creation date issue, but the fact of the matter is the case agent didn't. All of the evidence came in on 3553A matters and restitution. So as I was saying, the government had its opportunity, didn't take advantage of it, so I think this is the rare case where a district court clearly erred in making this factual finding necessary for this really impactful enhancement for Mr. Manning. Moving to the second sentencing issue, we're also arguing that the district court erred in applying an obstruction of justice enhancement to Mr. Manning's offense level pursuant to 3C1.1. This, again, was based on trial testimony in this case of the original case agent, Investigator Tyson Anderson. Mr. Anderson, he retired from law enforcement after the search warrant was executed. Mr. Anderson testified that he encountered Mr. Manning when executing the search warrant when Mr. Manning was in his vehicle. He searched him, found a cell phone that did not ultimately contain illegal imagery, stayed with him for a bit, went into the residence, and then came back out 
And that's the point at which he allegedly saw that Mr. Manning was attempting to break the cell phone that contained the SD card that formed the basis for count three. Our position here is that although application note 4D says that the destruction or the attempted destruction of evidence upon learning that an official investigation has commenced does constitute obstruction of justice, Mr. Manning's circumstances fall under the caveat in 4D that says if the destruction was contemporaneous with arrest and it did not result in the material hindrance to the official investigation, then it does not constitute obstruction. Did the district court make a finding on material hindrance? I don't believe so, Judge Kelly. I think, and I think this is the government's position too, was that it was not contemporaneous because there was some passage of time, obviously, between when Investigator Anderson initially confronted Mr. Manning and when he allegedly saw him breaking the cell phone. I think the problem for the government here again is that it had the burden on the obstruction enhancement and it didn't establish the amount of time that passed. I think there's a big difference between Investigator Anderson encountering Mr. Manning and seeing him break the cell phone two or three minutes later versus that happening one hour later because what matters for purposes of this enhancement is whether the destruction of evidence was calculated, premeditated, or whether it was something that was more of a visceral reaction. What timing is in the record? It seemed to me that, correct me if I'm wrong, but the evidence was that the officer sort of heard a scream or loud noises from the car. Is that the assumption, is the assumption that he was destroying the phone at that time? That's my understanding. And what is the time stamp on that? I don't think there's a time stamp, Your Honor. This was a case where there was no video of the encounter between Mr. Manning and law enforcement. I don't think there's any testimony regarding the timing. Is there a way to figure that out? Sort of guess how long that took? I'm guessing the government's position is going to be that enough happened between the initial confrontation between Investigator Anderson and Mr. Manning and ultimately seeing the, allegedly seeing the destruction of the cell phone, that that had to be some amount of time. But again, it wasn't established as to whether this happened very quickly. Yeah, how do we assess this? Because it looked like the district court was pretty careful saying, you know, here we've got on the one hand an immediate destruction. I think the example is swallowing drugs or sort of tossing drugs at the time of arrest versus something calculated down the road to obstruct justice. And sort of it's a line drawing exercise in many ways. And the district court set it up that way. How do we look at that when it's that judgment call from the district court looking at the evidence? I think it becomes very difficult without knowing the exact amount of time that passed. Because as the Welshans case from the Third Circuit, which is my best case, talks about contemporaneous is somewhat in the eye of the beholder. It doesn't always necessarily mean instantaneous, meaning it doesn't always have to be the case that the defendant has to destroy or attempt to destroy the evidence immediately upon being confronted by law enforcement. Some passage of time might be okay under the right circumstances. Here, again, with the government having the burden, I think part of that burden was to establish just how contemporaneous this was. And the government didn't. And that's why I think Mr. Manning's case fits pretty closely with the Welshans case. Was the man out of the car initially and then he went back into the car? Mr. Manning? Yeah. He was initially in the car, yes, when law enforcement first confronted him. That's correct. But then did he exit the car? Yes. And then he went back into the car? Yes. 
At least the cell phone went back into the car because that's where it was discovered by investigators. But I think it's fair to interpret that Mr. Manning was back in the car, too. Wasn't there testimony that he was in the car when they heard this? Yeah, actually, yes. Yes, Your Honor, because okay. Investigator Anderson said he saw it okay. through the window, so, of the back window. Although of the, car. the time amount of time is not clear, the record does show he was in the car when they arrived, he exited the car, and then reentered the car. Yes, it certainly shows the chronology of events. Okay. And then my other question is, the guideline refers to contemporaneous with arrest. Uh, my understanding is that Manning was not arrested on this occasion. Correct. Is that right? Is there any authority that says the guideline goes to contemporaneous with investigation as opposed to with arrest, which is the actual wording of the guideline? So application note three, I believe, says something to the effect of obstruction varying in circumstances uh, and descriptions. I don't read 4D as saying it necessarily has to be arrest versus encounter with law enforcement. I did cite the Kenyon case from this court in my initial brief where there's no holding saying that uh, contemporaneous with a search warrant execution is sufficient, but that seems to be what the court's saying. The Welshans case, too, that wasn't necessarily an arrest. So I think it... I think well, I'm just looking at the text of the application note that you're relying on. However, if such conduct occurred contemporaneously with arrest. Right. I don't read that guide that I don't read that application note to absolutely require an arrest. I think it's giving an example of something that's sufficiently um, visceral and not premeditated not to constitute obstruction of justice. If there are no further questions, I'd reserve the remainder of my time for rebuttal. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Timmons. Good morning. <clears throat> May it please the court. Mr. Hanson. Counsel. The defendant raises four issues after being convicted on two counts of possession of child pornography by a jury at trial. For the reasons outlined in the government's brief, this court should affirm the district court's rulings. Regarding the first two evidentiary error issues that the defendant raises. Um, I would just like to reiterate for the court that regardless of, first of all, those two issues. Okay, you, so are you're going to open them up for rebuttal. I'm sorry, sir. They weren't addressed this morning. I understand. You want to open them up for rebuttal. That's fine. I will take your advice and move on That's to not advice. issue number three. I'm just observing what many lawyers don't seem to understand or remember. Maybe you thought with a minute 30 he couldn't do much damage on rebuttal. Understood, Your Honor. I'll move on to issue number four, whether the court, the district court abuses discretion in finding that the defendant committed the offense while under a criminal justice sentence. Um, first, I'd like to uh, highlight for the court that Agent Kirscher's testimony is not simply a matter of saying, if I recall, it was the Western Digital Hard Drive. It's detailed in the defendant's own brief, page, uh, page 43 as he writes it, page 50 as it's stamped on the docket, 
if I recall, comma, it was the dash indicating a space and then says on the Western Digital hard, on the Western Digital, it was August of 2018. It was or it was around? First, he, so that, that is after he says it was around 2018, period. After that, I ask, well, let's break it down individually. Will you be able to recall better per device? And that was his response. If I recall, comma, it was the, on the Western Digital hard drive, it was August of 2018, period. Forensic examiner Kirscher's testimony is sufficient by a preponderance of the evidence standard here. The defendant could have cross-examined forensic examiner Kirscher on this point. The defendant had access to his forensic report. Was, was that um, significant for trial, though? This seems to be a point that becomes relevant at sentencing, but that wasn't particularly um, important at the trial, the exact date. I think that's exactly right, Your Honor. Um, so I guess, so to your point about could have cross-examined, it, 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 it wasn't trial, for the jury to determine that. That could have come up. Um, at sentencing, I relied on this testimony and brought that testimony forth to Judge Strand to say this uh, unequivocally states that it at least occurred August of 2018. Agent Kirscher also testified that child pornography was downloaded on at least six different dates, five different dates for exhibits that were admitted at trial. As Mr. Hansen pointed out, those dates did not occur while the defendant was under his criminal justice sentence. But there was an additional date, also not under there, um, when the defendant downloaded child pornography and took a selfie. But moreover, forensic examiner Kirscher said that all of the downloads happened on multiple dates, and if I recall, it was 30 days, <laughs> over 30 different days. He, he specified a range of dates that it happened. He didn't just say that the downloads happened within this range on the dates of the evidence presented. He, he, what, what, was, what was Agent Kirshner basing his statement, it was August 2018 on? His recollection. A recollection of what? Of the earliest date that what, his forensic examination. Okay, it's like the data. What is he, what is he, is, it, is he looking at the examination, the forensics examination that showed the exact dates? He was not looking at the report. Uh, Mr. Hansen is, is correct. I could have refreshed his recollection because. No, no, I think the question is what would have been, in, or at least my question is yeah. what would have been in the report that he was basing his recollection on? The, the report would have matched up with the dates that are in the indictment. The defendant what, was... What was the report describing? The, the report described dates that the defendant had downloaded child pornography on the various devices. Okay, and that the was earliest, based on some kind of forensic exam that could tell the download date? Correct. All right. And it documented that this occurred as early as May of 2018. But not on the hard drive. I don't recall which devices. 
well, you're, you're, you're saying it was, it was proper for the district court to rely on the agent's testimony that the earliest download was in August of 2018. Correct. And now you're saying that it was earlier than that even? I'm saying his report indicates that it was earlier, yes. And that's not in the record, the sentencing record? That's correct. Or the trial record. So that's not in front of the district court judge? That's correct. And so what you're also saying is that Agent Kirchner was not right, was not accurate in his testimony? I guess I'm a little confused about the point, the point that you're making. I'm not exactly sure how we got here. I was trying to make a point that Agent Kirchner testified that the defendant downloaded child pornography uh, within date ranges over a large span of days, not just the dates that were on the evidence of child pornography that the jury saw. Moving to whether or not the defendant had obstructed justice, um, I think the evidence at trial established that the defendant's actions were not immediate. 3C1.1 applies to those who willfully obstruct. It was established at trial that the defendant was confronted by law enforcement, informed what law enforcement's search warrant was for, the defendant had a, another cell phone seized from him. The evidence at trial further established that Agent Kersher left the defendant outside of his car, went into the residence, began to conduct a search of the home, and even spoke with some of the residents inside, and later came out. We do not have a timestamp, but those events transpired before Detective Anderson came out of the house and observed the defendant destroying did the Did the district court, did you offer up the district for the district court an estimate of that time frame based on anything else that was going on? I did not offer an estimate, Your Honor. The, does, does it matter? Like, I mean, you know, what if it was an hour? What if it was two hours? What if it was two minutes? Does it matter to your position here? I'm not sure that the difference between uh, two minutes and an hour matters whether in, in regards to whether or not it was immediate. It obviously is helpful the further away from that initial encounter you get. It, to that extent, it does matter. What if he had let, he went back out to his car and right as soon as he got to the car, destroyed it? So as soon as he sees the evidence... That or the, the the I guess he's the idea is that it's evidence, but he sees the cell phone and destroys it at the moment he sees it. That is undoubtedly would be in the defendant's favor, but in this instance, what we have is established testimony that several events transpired before the defendant went back in his car, um, clearly indicating that there was a significant passage of time, enough for a detective to walk into a house, begin to conduct a search, come back out to grab uh, evidence bags, presumably because he'd identified evidence that needed to be processed. 
Do you think it? Do you think to to follow up on Judge Colleton's questions? Do you think it requires an arrest? I mean, in this situation, he was not arrested immediately. They were coming to conduct a search, correct? So, what if he had immediately upon getting upon getting the the search warrant or seeing that they're coming in to to conduct this search, he very quickly destroys or tries to destroy something? Would that qualify for the exception to the obstruction enhancement? Again, it would certainly be in his favor if it were done immediately and if he were arrested. As to whether or not... Well, what, no, my, my question, though, is if he wasn't arrested. Correct. It, as to whether or not it is required that he be arrested, I don't have a grasp of the commentary of the, uh, the relevant guidelines. Um, I'm not prepared to answer that question. If there are no further questions, we would urge that the this court affirm the district court's rulings. Thank you. Thank you. For rebuttal. Thank you, Your Honor. With respect to the criminal history category enhancement, uh, the discussion between Judge Kelly and Mr. Timmons um, addressed the issue of cross-examination, whether I should have cross-examined Agent Kircher about this issue. Judge Kelly's right. This was not a significant issue to the trial in any way, so I had no reason to do that in that case. Moreover, obviously the government had the burden at sentencing to establish the basis for the enhancement. And just generally, I'm obviously not in the business of refreshing the recollection of government experts. I, I understand Mr. Timmons' argument on the if I recall part of Agent Kircher's testimony to somehow try to separate that from him saying August of 2018. But I think if you look at the transcript, he's saying if I recall August of 2018 because he just generally wasn't sure and wasn't prepared to answer the question of when the earliest and when the latest creation dates were. Because if you look further down the page of that trial transcript, when asked what was the latest creation dates, what were the latest creation dates you saw, he prefaced each of his responses with, I believe it was. He wasn't sure the government should have offered more evidence and it did not establish its burden for this very impactful enhancement. Thank you. Thank you, counsel. Case has been thoroughly briefed and argument on the sentencing issues has been helpful and we'll take it under advisement.